It's time for another episode of Bangers and Trash, your podcast for all things fantasy football. Right, September 8th, 2021. We are one day away from the return of football. Tony, how excited are you, mate? Very. Words cannot describe. I, I just can't believe it's been eight months of no NFL Sundays. And it's felt like it as well. It has felt like it's it. been I saw, awful. I saw people counting down the Sundays. I saw people asking last week on Twitter what they were going to do with their last Sunday before you know, <laughs> the inevitable frustration that comes with, uh, with watching the games and keeping an eye on your players. But we're back. Um, we're back. You know, we're, we're trying to, we'll be getting into the rhythm now with the uh, Bangers and Trash podcast of doing at least one show a week, focusing yep. on stats and sits at least. Um, we'll be talking about other things as well, waivers, uh, sleepers, who should be focusing on in a couple of games' time. But we're kicking off with uh, a massive game, which should be an absolute um, blast in terms of uh, points and fancy mm. points available. We're talking about the Bucks and the Cowboys. But actually, before we get into that, I know we've got plenty to, to sort of break down in that game. And then we're going to come back on Friday and we're going to break down the rest of the, uh, the games ahead of Sunday. Hopefully yeah. with the weatherman, Cello himself. Um, oh, we need, hang on, we need to know the weather, otherwise we can't do it. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> people are waiting for it. I mean, I, I'm surprised anyone's been able to set their lineup without knowing what the weather's going to be like on Sunday. Well, it's impossible. Exactly. So Cello will be joining us for that, at least just to give a weather update. If he has to jump on and off, we'll get him. Yeah. Don't worry, people. Um, <laughs> but before we get into that, let's talk about, so um, I actually did a draft last night. So right up to the wire. Um, so if there's anyone out there still drafting, uh, I mean, well, you've got to be, you've got to be wrapping it up tonight. Um, but let's talk about some of the players you've left some of your redraft with now. So uh, let me, let's talk first of all, Tony, about three yeah. players you are over the moon and delighted to have left the draft with. Maybe not some of the, you know, the main, you know, your first round picks, but who, who are you excited about? Well, actually, I was going to say a good way of doing this, I've had to think about this, is actually going through rounds. Um, and it doesn't matter where you are in the draft. If you get this player in that round, then you're happy. Okay. Um, that's how I thought about this. So I'll start off with, with round three, um, because I think the first two rounds, okay, you can pick who you like there. Round three is where it gets a little bit tasty. And I, I always feel like if I leave round three with, Terry McLaurin, I'm usually happy, no matter what the start. So if I've gone Kelsey uh, running back, like Vixen or Chubb on the way back, and then McLaurin, I'm, I'm very happy. So I would put Terry McLaurin in that. And I'm not a really massive Terry fan um, in the past, but I think this is his time now with Fitzpatrick. Even if it's one year, you know, we're talking about redraft year today, obviously. Yeah. So I think this is his year to to bang and obviously Lucio shout out to Lucio because he loves uh, Terry Florian. Um, yeah uh, obviously it's a nice sweet spot there for receivers so you've got CeeDee Lamb and Alan Robinson as Keenan Allen uh, they're, they're the kind of players going in that range but I feel like uh, I'm always thinking about Robinson and quarterback change to the rookie I'm always thinking um, Keenan Allen's really capped that is kind of you know, his PPR, he's got a nice safe floor, you know, but has he got that ceiling? Don't know. 
Uh, CD Lamb obviously hasn't shown it yet. We're all predicting a, a breakout, but we haven't actually seen it. And and Terry is the one who's flashed um, and has got that high ceiling. So I think, yeah, he, he's someone when I leave that round three and I've got him, I'm, I'm never regretful. Well, nice. yeah. Um, moving on to some of the other rounds and switching positions a little bit. Uh, when we get to the round six, let's say round six. So in that range, you've got um, uh, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert going back back. I had this decision the other day, and I selected Mostert, and I feel like I'm happier. And I love Chase, uh, and they're going back back a lot in a lot of drafts now. But I feel like if I get Mostert, I'm almost guaranteed uh, an RB2 in that offense for when he's healthy. Obviously, we all know he can break down any second. Um, and it's not a bad idea to get Sermon, to be honest, in round seven. Yeah. Um, if they weren't going so close, you know, you're looking at most at six and someone like Sermon on, in, in the eight, that's not a bad shout. Um, but I feel like when most it's fit and playing, I mean, he flashed in uh, preseason and everyone was looking at him very closely, thinking, has he still got it? Has he still got that explosiveness? And he just looked like an absolute rocket. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, talk about the dead zone of RBs, and he's in there. He's obviously 29. Well, he's getting up there in age. Is he going to fall off? I didn't see any of that in preseason. And we know San Francisco are going to run the ball um, a lot. No matter what quarterback's there, actually. Even if Trey Lance is there, I think most of it will produce if he's healthy. So that's another one I'm... I'm usually happy with coming out of a draft uh, and then and so uh, LaVisca Chenault is an interesting one um, when we get to that round eight so you know I, I'm looking at that uh, around that time people will start taking their um, tight ends and their quarterbacks because obviously everyone wants to build a wide receiver and running back fours for the first six or seven rounds what you'll find is usually around that that round there, eight or maybe even back of seven. Now he's creeping up a little bit. Um, players like Lavisca Chanel and, and Antonio Brown, I'm going to chuck him in there as well because I think he's rising fast. Um, I think if I've got Chanel as a wide receiver three and Antonio Brown as a wide receiver, or Antonio Brown as a wide receiver three, you know, for those who start three wide receivers, that that's usually my cutoff for that third wide receiver. So. Uh, I'm usually very happy if I can flash those receiving call out with one of those two players. Yeah, nice. I think we'll get on to talk about Brown, but I mean, yeah, his stock is rising significantly, especially if um, if that offense is firing on all cylinders as we know it can, and that connection with Brady. um, Obviously, Brady pushed for him in the past. Yeah, hell of a pick. But when you look at those three as well, and the value that Brown had, and the value, I mean, the value you got him at, 10th round in our latest draft together. Um, was it 10th? Yeah, 10.4. We got him at. Yeah. You look at some of the wow, players who I went before him. Un- unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. That's two yeah, so, rounds I mean, after Chanel as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so usually they're, they're quite close. That's why it's sort of something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, usually they're going very No, no, they uh, should. I think, I think Brian, that, that value is up. I think yeah, there's a few players. I think Pittman. There's Pittman. I would put Pittman and Corey Davis. There's a few players I would put there as a as a safe um, wide receiver three. But out of that bunch, I actually put Chanel um, at the yeah, top of yeah. the list. You know, 
for going around the same process of choosing a player that you're very happy with in that round. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, yeah, good breakdown there through the rounds as well, all, all sort of uh, tiers. Let's look at running backs a little bit more. I've got a question for you, Rain. So, obviously, unfortunately, um, injury misfortune in the preseason has led to a, a couple of uh, opportunities for, for our bees. So, James Robinson, Jess Edwards, Stell Henderson. If you were to rank those three, what is your order? And, and have you got any shares in them, or have you actively been looking to get shares in any of those? So, uh, I have one. They're all Henderson's share. So out of the three, I actually think Henderson is probably the weakest one there. Um, in in half point DPR, I guess we're going to talk about that. Obviously, he's very. Yeah. You're looking at Gus Edwards and Henderson. They're very different scoring format. Just look at those two. So let's go in the middle for half point DPR. Um, I like James Robinson now this year. I think him and Gus are very close. Um. And I think Henderson is the one that's lagging behind that group. What I would say is Robinson's touches last year were extremely high. Um, for an undrafted rookie, obviously, everyone knows the story with Robinson. Is this coaching staff going to give him that volume? And if he doesn't get that volume, can he produce the same numbers? So, well, obviously, when, uh, you know, it, the offense has got better and the, uh, his volume is going to come down. So it's a, it's a balance between that. I probably would lean um, Gus just because I know every time he touches it, he's going to be eight yards a, a rush. Yeah. And, I t- and I just think that, you know, these players they're bringing in, I know they brought in, so since the news, they brought in Lev Bell um, and Trent and Cannons joined them as well. These guys are not going to touch Gus's volume now. What they'll do is they'll creep into Tyson's Tyson Williams' uh, you know, touches. Gus is always going to now get the lion's share. And if you get the lion's share in that offense, I think, like I said, with Lamar keeping those defensive ends kind of you know, mm. station, stationary for even a second, the next time you'll see Gus is eight yards down the field. I, I think his touchdowns as well. So again, in half-point PPR, you, you lean a little bit more towards guys who are going to score touchdowns. I think you'll lead that group in touchdown. I'm pretty confident about that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would actually rank them, Gus, James Robinson, Henderson, but it's close between Gus and J-Rob. I do, I, I, I do think Henderson provides a bit of a value if he slips, though. Because um, Michelle will have those high-value goal-line touches, but Rams' offense is going to be one to watch this year, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, Henderson, if he, if you know, he shouldn't be going past round five, for example, um, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, he went four point nine in our most recent draft. Yeah, Edwards went right. four point one. Edwards went before Swift. What do you think of that? Oh, <laughs> Swift's got more up. Swift's got more upside, definitely, because he catches the ball more. Um, yeah. They might, they might end up having the same rushes again. Because I think Williams is Jamal uh, Williams is going to get carries. Let's say that they end up same rushing uh, uh, carries, for example, in a in a game. Guess we'll we'll definitely get more 
more yardage, but Swift will get more catches. I actually think it's quite close between them. I don't think yeah. it's uh, as as one-sided as, as people think. So, uh, But I, I probably would lean Swift for the upside. Yeah, Swift's got the upside. And Swift has slipped down. I think there's value in Swift. Certainly a 4.2 for that upside. Um, but obviously there's some injury concerns around as well. And concerns about the way it goes. But who, you yeah. know, who, who's the ball getting through? Um, the line yeah. is, you know, there's a good chance it's going to be in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Goff, Goff is going to make me laugh watching him this year. A couple of times. <laughs> it's going to be funny game. It's going to be funny. I tell you why, if we're, if we're talking about funny, I talk about the Texans because I think everyone's, oh, yeah. everyone's sort of put, you know, if you're streaming a defense, you're streaming them against the Texans. I think everyone's accepting that they're going to be a bit of a dumpster fire this year. <laughs> Have you taken anyone from the Texans? Not Would you look at a player? No. No. And, and if Cooks is there, I'm passing him. Yeah. Usually for, yeah. you know, give me any, any name there. We talked about four earlier Corey Davis, Chanel, Pittman. Brown, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, even uh, Marvin Jones, definitely Will Fuller, Matt, Mike Williams. I would take literally every single one of those over him. Um, just really enough some of the names that are going around him. Dana Mooney, maybe you know there's going to be a line at some point. Uh, let's say I take Mooney, um, Elijah Moore. You know um, those names, Elijah Moore. Hardman and Ruggs, if you get to that level, then probably would start looking at Cooks just volume. But we're, we're into around 10 then. So, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I, I never get him because he always goes in eight. That's yeah. not fine. And, and it was, you know, you've got to look who's throwing the ball, you be good as you like. Oh. But, uh, yeah. He's not going to get it. He went in the seventh round of that league draft. He went before Debo Samuel, Curtis Samuel. Uh, Callaway. Yeah. He, Callaway. Yeah, I'd take Callaway over him. Yeah, yeah. Well. Frank, but you know, Gianni Team Turbo. He's obviously got his eye on the Texans. We've got a Texan fan in, <laughs> in the group of Yeah. <laughs> All um, the best to him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it pans out. Um so yeah, that's uh that's a few of the sort of um yeah. points we we were gonna run through. Um let's get into the the Bucks and the Cowboys. I mentioned that this yep. one is likely to be a high-scoring game. So the over-under is 51 and a half. Uh, Tampa's the, the favourite. So let's open it up. What are you... You know, there's, there's plenty of viable fantasy options. We know that. Where are you looking yeah. in this game? Well, you, explosiveness. You, yeah, yeah. You love, you love that over-under, first of all. Anything around 48 and above. Um, uh, it gives you a lot of confidence that there will be points scored and therefore there will be fancy points scored. Let's start with the court. I mean, the quarterbacks are definitely start to both teams. You, you, you drafted Dak uh, and Brady, probably close-ish, six or seven or whatever, one quarterback league. You're starting them both. You're hoping for the kind of shootout uh, back and forth. I actually think, so Tampa Bay are minus eight, so the eight-point favorites, I actually think that's a good, good line. Uh, I'm not. I think Dallas are going to struggle. I think Dallas is going to struggle in this game. But that doesn't mean that you know it's going to be so one-sided that that Tampa Bay just run it, run the ball out. I, I don't think that's how they play. They stay out. They they keep their foot on the gas. Brady doesn't really stop once he's hot. So I think Dak and Brady are both start. Yeah. Um, 
running backs, I would start obviously Zeke's a definite start. When it comes to Pollard um, for Dallas, I don't think you can start him, even though it's really strange this. Tampa Bay's defense is really, really very, very, very good at stopping the runs. Um, you know, your, your standard normal run, if you know what I mean, stretch plays or anything kind of inside zone. They're very, very good at stopping those kind of things. It actually favors the pass catching back. Um, and if, you know, Dallas actually fancied getting a bit creative um, in this game, then Pollard probably would have a bit more, bit of a run, a bit more touches than usual. But I just think because it's the first game, they want to establish the run. They are missing their guard due to COVID. So um, that might affect things. But you're, you're obviously starting Zeke. And uh, you can't start Pollard until you see it. I wouldn't even affect him. Um, You've just done your draft. Pollard's probably gone in round 10. You've probably got better option to flex. Uh, on the Tampa Bay running back side, yeah, so let's say this still... It is interesting because Dallas gave quite a lot, of, a lot of points up last year to the running back. So I, I think Rojo's the first option. Let's just start there. So I think it was Rojo, Lenny, and Gio. Gio's carrying a, a, a high ankle sprain. They say it's mild and he's back in uh, training. Now, if Gio doesn't go, I would flex both Rojo and Lenny. If Gio's active, I don't think you can start Leonard Fournette or Gio, to be honest. And I think you flex Rojo if you're really um, at a push. <sighs> Home team, favoured team, and they are eight-point favourites. I think you can probably flex Rojo either way. And I will keep an eye on Gio's uh, status for Lenny uh, for that. Did you see it? Yeah. Um, receivers, Cooper Lamb, a definite for Dallas. And I think Evans, Godwin, if he's playing, and Antonio Brown, a definite. So there's five receivers there. Gallup's a nice flex in this game, I would say. Um, I'm not really excited about any of the tight ends, including Gronk in this game. I think there's three receivers for Dallas and there's three receivers for Tampa Bay but I wouldn't automatically put Gallup in that lineup. I think um, I wouldn't put him you know, if I had to rank them, I would put Cooper, you know, Lamb um, Evans, Godwin, Brown all in one kind of tier, if I'm yeah. honest. I don't know how that's going to go, but yeah. Gallup would be a bit far behind. Um, and yeah, Darwin and Schultz, I'm interested in those snaps. Shares because I think yeah. Gronk Schultz is, is is knocking on the door, and Gronk, although he'll be on the field quite a lot, how many routes is he you know actually going to run? Um, I'm interested in that, and obviously as he got that explosive to explosiveness to give you the ceiling if he doesn't score a touchdown. So they're the kind of things I'll be looking at Gronk when he's 32 or 33 now. So he's still got the ability to run away from defenders, or is it just going to be touchdown or bust? Yeah. Um, so I would uh, I would hope to have a better tight end than Gronk for week one, if I'm honest. Um, nice break then. I like that. Let me ask you a few questions. Um, Go for it. Schultz, Darwin, obviously you mentioned you need to keep an eye on what the share is there. I think everyone's eagerly anticipating who's going to win that battle because this is going to be a massive offense and the winner of that is going to get a lot of points. What do you think the potential is for the winner of that battle? Where they if one of them wins, if one of them wins, Bob, 
then their ceiling is still capped because of those three receivers and Zeke. But I think the ceiling is, is you know, in that 8 to 12 range. I would actually say, if say if Schultz got injured, a little bit like Jarwin got injured last year, but obviously we can, Dak wasn't there. So, you know, Dak is there and, and Schultz goes down. I say Jarwin wins that job. Um, I would have him over Gronk. So I would have him. I kind of use Gronk as a, I think Gronk's right on the 12 range, that, that 11, 12. I would then put Jarwin over him, definitely. He's got more upside with Dak. Um, just as you're speaking there, uh, Godwin's not on the final report, injury report, so he's a forego for tomorrow night. But uh, I know you've got a bit of a scare with his thigh. Yeah. But it doesn't change anything there. You know, you're, you're starting those three receivers. Um, and I think Brady will literally pick whichever one uh, that gets open or, or he fancies. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, it's good. What do you think about it? Do, do you agree with that, with Jaron? Or do you see his, I mean, is his, is his upside even better than eight? I agree with the point around there's, there's so many mates to feed. Yes, the offense is going to be cooking. It's going to be a, you know, it's got the potential to be, you know, it's going to be a high school offense. Um, but the ceiling is capped by the other people on the and the, the talent and the opportunity they're going to be given. I think it's, uh, but I think if you've got one of those two, and I know there were people who drafted both in the, in, you know, towards the later rounds in the hope that one of them will emerge and it's got the um, then yeah, you I think I would take over Brock. I've actually got Brock as my second tight end, and you're absolutely right. He, he is a he's going to be a flex play when I think that Brady's going to be spraying the ball around enough to catch him in the end zone. Other than that, you know, he's not a week to week um, anymore. Who's your, unfortunately, who's your, who's your other tight end? Brock to sack. Waller is my uh, first. I took in the second round. So, so you, you're never gonna th- you're never gonna play Gronk. Only in the flex I'll ever play in, yeah. So it'll be uh, or on the bye week. So yeah, it's uh, it's basically for that type of thing upside that he uh, yeah will potentially get when Brady perhaps he's uh, giving him a second point to make a dance together after the game. But other than that, yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I think he's he's not gonna be uh, running up the thing. Um, no. I was gonna ask a question around so a couple of things. Mike Evans has come out and said the uh, the offense is the Bucks offense is miles ahead of it what it was here, obviously. Ask any Bucks player and they're gonna tell you that. But I mean if it is then obviously one of the that we've talked about here is scary. And if I mean uh, Bruce Arians has said that A B looks the A B of all potential Steelers days. Um fancy footballers made a great point. All three of those wide receivers have finished. As top three wide receivers, so and, I mean, and, and we and we know Grady serves the more. So I, I don't think you can go wrong across that board. And I think it'll be interesting to just look at who's um, <laughs> who's, who's, who's getting the most week to week at those two. There's, there's some, you know, there's a the potential with all three of those. Yeah, the only thing, So the only thing I would say there is. <clears throat> If if we're you know Evans said the same thing or it, it, no one knows who's going to emerge out of this week, and how can how can one be taken in round three, one in round four, and one in round nine? I know it doesn't make any sense. No. So if you you know you know if you start looking at the plays you could get around, you could have like Swift talked about Swift and 
Antonio Brown or Godwin and AJ Dillon. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You you would always go for that kind of value if there's no PO and but uh, is it is A B gonna still have it at thirty three? That's I guess that's why it's right down a little bit. Yeah. All all being said, he's been the best receiver in camp, so I think I think whoever's got it that late. Um, yeah, until he does something, until he does something wrong, and gets expensive. So. I think that's the risk of AB. There's the age and there's the you know, they be around. Is he gonna? Yeah, gonna do something crazy. I mean, but when you look at our draft board, come out of the yeah. draft, yeah, four ten, Evans went four twelve, Godwin went makes sense in terms of you know you can put the point on those two, and then Brains go in six rounds later. And if Brain emerges as yeah. As the top there, I mean, I'm bad. Um, well, my, my Gavin's at 410, that's the lowest I've seen him go. Um, and actually, Godwin at 412. So, there is, and the people are probably cottoning on a little bit to say, right, oh, why am I why am I taking one of these in round three mm-hmm. when I can get the next one in round four? And they're both pushing themselves down, those two. Yeah. Um, a little bit like Cup and Woods. Cup and Woods both now in round four. I'm pretty sure Woods or one of them was in round three at one stage, and it feels like okay, I'll just grab the other one after. Yeah. But all if, if if you start doing that, the 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 ADP starts going down, so it's not a case of um, reaching for one. And that's interesting. A bit like Lamb, actually, it hasn't happened with Lamb and Cooper. Lamb goes a little bit earlier than Cooper. Um, yeah, yeah, they're still going. But they're yeah, very going. similar. No, it is. Yeah, you're exactly right. The person's not playing. I think that I think everyone wants to. Wants to go after Brown because he's the you know he's the cool pick if if it works out and you get him mm. later on I, I you know people want to want him to emerge as a winner because that's the you know the fun story of the draft if he managed to get him in, in early tenth round yeah in fact um yeah. quick question I'm totally Paul out so yeah I mean this is this is an interesting one for me because. Looking at our draft board, gone in the tenth. He hasn't gone to the Zico. Um, so I guess my question is, what's the standalone value of Tony Pollard? And you touched on it a little bit in that game. And if he's sitting on wires at the moment, list, should you be planning yeah. for yourself again? Regardless of if you want. Yes. The answer to that second one is that is the definite yes. Uh he was a, he was absolutely Lightning to watch last year. I thought he was great. Every time he touched her, he looked like he was going, um, you know, good for good yardage without anyone touching him, or or he just looked a little bit like a, a slippery kind of running back who always seemed to to, to kind of um, explode when he needed to. And I think I I'm I'm of the opinion of you don't need to handcuff your players, get someone else's handcuff because obviously. You know, okay. Say you had Derek Henry. Uh, that's a that's a bad example. Probably Aaron Jones is a good example. You could get <clears throat> AJ Dillon or Pollard in round ten. Well, yeah, you could get AJ Dillon, and then you would be handcuffing Aaron Jones, essentially guaranteeing basically one starting running back for Green Bay. So there's a fifty percent chance of that happening. Um, sorry, that that's one option. And then if you've got Pollard. And Zeke goes down, you've got two starting running backs 
I think so Pollard goes into that same bracket as Aaron Jones. Um, and that's a 50% chance of Aaron Jones or Zeke going down. So you've actually, you, you can take this one, one essentially is a safe option and the other one is a shoot for the moon option. Um, and I think if you were to get Aaron Jones and Pollard, you would be just kind of not hoping for a Zeke injury, you know, I want to say that, but actually if Zeke got injured, you would get two top 10 bags. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I do like the upside of going for people's backups later. Um, and those who take them are definitely playing it a bit safer in my view. Yeah, no, I like that. I think, yeah, I mean, like I said, no much is an injury, but if Zico's down no, and you're no. sitting on pallet, besides the fact that, um, you know, there's, there's, there's potential trade value. I know last year when McCaffrey and Ben, Mike Davis was being traded all over the league because people were scrambling. You never want to leave yourself running for the no. wire and if you're yeah if you've got the, the talent of Pollard and the opportunity uh, then yeah that's what I mean yeah, yeah that's a league winner towards the end of the season obviously the did, yeah obviously I didn't talk about the other the, the, obviously the worst case scenarios is you get you get Jones Aaron Jones and then you get Pollard but obviously Aaron Jones goes down and you haven't got it so if that happens though you still got Pollard who I think's got enough standalone value Obviously not to get to Jones's level, but you know, yeah, I would still rather have Pollard than Dylan if I owned Aaron Jones, and and vice versa. If I had Elliot, I would probably go for Dylan um, yeah. in the same round. Um, because if your starter goes down, you're you're likely not to win it anyway. Um, because if you if you took Dylan in round ten or whatever, you've lost the, you've lost the pick there. Good thing could have got AB that round just yeah. discuss that so so yeah I mean if your starter goes down you, you, you're unlikely to, to win let's think like that but if another person's starter goes down and you've got their backup you've doubled your chance to win so I yeah um, if I'm honest I'd rather I, I went with the strategy of taking good running backs at the start and wide receivers in the middle slash end and I, I, I've done that, you know, all the way, really, uh, every draft. I've, I've dabbled in another way this year, taking one RB early, then a row of wide receivers. So in one league, I've got Elliott, and then I've got Hopkins, Lamb, T. Higgins, and Cooper Cup. So four strong receivers. And then I've just banged all of the backup running backs. Um, Paula, uh, not Paula, AJ Dillon, we talked about uh, Melvin Gordon I've got in that one Gus Edwards I got in nine, round nine before the injury to Dobbins and there you go yeah. we just talked about that Yeah. And now look what's happened all of a sudden I've got Gus Edwards in the ninth because Dobbins went down so that's the so now all of a sudden I've got four strong receivers and two that I'll be just from doing that 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 way of drafting. Um, so I actually like that way of drafting probably better than the one that we did recently. Yeah, I'm looking at um, Rob Steve in that he's taken uh, got AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Kittle Lockett. Uh, he's got AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard, James yeah. White, Gaskin behind that. So yeah. Um, so I like that. So Gaskin's obviously is RB two now. If if 
Aaron Jones or Zeke goes down, that's a probably that's that's the league winner there because you just take one of those players, AJ Dillon or Pollard, stick it to the top of that list. All of a sudden, you've got strong Abby one, strong Abby two, and then four superstar receivers. So that's that is the tactic I've been doing all summer, really, apart from our one where I decided to hammer running backs because it's a little bit different in our league with running backs. You need to get them because uh, it's impossible to trade for them in our. <laughs> so you know you need you need to know. And yeah, no, mistake, no, exactly. Right, one more question then before we go. Um, yes, yeah. And all the way back to the start of this, so we talked about the over under, and just a, just a oh, note yeah. on why is that important for you? What how does that feed into your strategy when you're looking mm-hmm. sort of week to week? Um, why is that a big thing? Well, let's take this week for example. So you got Dallas at fifty one point five over under. <laughs> And you've got the Giants and, so I'll take a lower under uh, over in the game. The Giants at, sorry, the Denver Broncos at Giants is 42.5. So Vegas is telling you, or Vegas or the bookies or whatever, are telling you essentially that they are basically saying that Dallas and Tampa game is going to be really quite a high scoring flowing game compared to that other game. Um, and it could be a snooze fest that 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 other one because forty two points if you obviously divide it by two you look at twenty one points each whereas it, the other game at fifty two points uh, divide that by two you're looking at twenty six twenty seven points a game and it's those points have to turn into fancy points if that makes sense so yeah, yeah. obviously the kickers could the kickers could kick two extra field goals each and that would that would cover the spread but realistically they could be another three or four touchdowns in that in that first higher scoring game. And you just look at the teams, you know, you look at Dallas and Tampa, we talked about Dak and Brady. Well, are you going to start Daniel Jones and Teddy Bridgewater? Probably not compared to those two. You know, you look at the fancy options for the Giants, compared to Dallas and Tampa Bay. So I, I like to look at the over-unders. It gives me, especially looking at flex options, um, the likes of Gallup, Rojo that we've talked about, they are going in over the likes of, we'll stay on the same game, still in Shepherd. Um, you know, I would choose Gallup over Shepherd. I would choose <clears throat> probably Rojo over Melvin Gordon for that same, uh, same, same reasoning. Higher scoring, more chance to be down by the goal line. Uh, yeah, you know, you go down the whole list of, of, of why uh, you look at the over-unders and, and choose the higher scoring games. Doesn't always work though. Let me just say, yeah. uh, because if one team is favoured, this is where you you want to get away from the blowouts. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking now in a little bit more detail that Tampa Bay could blow Dallas out. Now you want you want to stay away from the blowouts because what happens in blowouts? Uh, let's take who's playing Houston this week, Jacksonville. Oh, okay, well that might not be a blowout, but let let's say the Jags are going to absolutely destroy Houston. You think, oh great, you know, I'm going to start all my Jags or I'll start some Houston players to come back. What happens in blowouts is actually they run the clock down quite quickly, whoever's winning. So let's say it's 31-0 by half time. The second half might be very, very, very limited fantasy point scoring because Robinson might just be running the clock down and all of a sudden there's there's not many plays in the game. 
So what you want is 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 a is a longer game by throwing more rather than one team completely blowing out the other. So you want to look at over unders, and I would say you want to look at you know the the, the team spread as well. So minus eight Tampa Bay, that's close enough to keep it close for Dallas. Um, but yeah, it's just use putting some extra bits into your kind of fancy decisions. But I, I like to do it, but you know that, that that's probably an extra for, for some people. Don't have to do that those kind of things. Yeah, no, I like that. It's a good contact for this. I think it's a good rationale when you're looking when you're choosing between two players to sit flex, and we've all had the headache, and it keeps you up, you know, closer to the game, especially those late games. And you're thinking, what am I going to do? It's always good to have a reference point. And that's a great point. Yeah. On. Firstly, look at the over and uh, where's the high, where's the highest scoring games that the bookies are telling us, but where's the games yeah. that are going to be close enough to keep the, you know, those high scoring that's going to keep everyone fancy relevant. I think it's a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that and that wraps it up. So actually, let's let's go score for. You know, winning prediction. You think the Bucks are going to take it down against the Cowboys? I do. Yes, yeah. I think I think they're strong. I think it's going to be. Uh, I actually think it could be ten points in it. Um, so I don't know, thirty-five or twenty-five, somewhere along those lines. But I think it'd be high scoring. Maybe not that high. Thirty-three, twenty-three. Nice. Okay, so the Bucks just to kick off could be yeah. a, uh, a massive season with a win. Um, fantastic. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, where can yep. people find you on Twitter if they want to give you any weather yeah, forecasts? No. They can give me weather forecasts. They can give me their opinion on what I've said that they don't like. FF underscore lights out seven. Um, feel free to ask me anything or tell me that I'm wrong. Nice. That would be an interesting conversation as Absolutely. well. I've seen you I've seen you more active on Twitter, so yeah, I implore anyone yeah. to get on there. So he's got his opinions, get on there, get at him, ask him questions. Yeah. He's he's full of uh, he's full of advice. So um yeah, tap him up. And obviously if you wanna follow the, the main account at Bangers Trash Pod, give us a shout. Um yeah, open, so we're doing more open. so we're do, we're doing all the games on Friday with some other people which would be good on the podcast and we're going to do some start sits in those games are we yeah we'll do some start sits for those games lovely we'll, we'll pick out the best games um review the over-enders again talk a bit about the entire game so yeah be good football's back exciting football's back nice awesome. one cheers thanks for, for joining us guys all the best thank you everyone bye